Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. The July 2017 issue contains a series of papers from a SeaTac Pelston workshop aiming to improve the usability of ecotoxicology in regulatory decision-making. One of the articles addressed this exact topic, and lead author Christina Rudin joins us today to talk about the paper. Christina is a professor of regulatory ecotoxicology and toxicology at Stockholm University. Hi, Christina. Thanks for chatting with us today. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for having me. So tell us about what the workshop group was hoping to accomplish. The background for this uh, part of the workshop is about the use of data for regulatory risk assessment. In general, regulatory risk assessment is built on standard test data required and produced by industry. But there is also another way to produce data, and that's by academic researchers, so scientific papers published in the peer-reviewed literature. And even though the regulatory system has a preference for standard data, we argue that also scientific studies can help inform risk assessment. But to do that, both scientists need to be better at reporting their studies, and also regulators and risk assessors need to be open for including those kinds of data. An important aim here was that different actors should meet and discuss this. How can we facilitate the use of academic research in regulatory risk assessment? Because if we don't use scientific data, we run the risk of missing important information. And that's also a sad loss of taxpayers' money, we think. Can you tell us about the steps that your group used to decide whether a toxicity study is relevant and appropriate for either a hazard or a risk assessment? Yes. Uh, to include information into regulatory risk assessment, the, the data need to be evaluated both for reliability and relevance. And a lot of focus has been put on reliability assessment. But the relevance of data is equally important. Relevance is about being relevant in relation to something. So the relevance depends on what you are including in your assessment. So when you do a test, you can choose from a number of different exposure situations. You can choose an organism, a species, and also to expose the different life stages. So you need to have sort of an, a relevant experimental setup inter, in relation to the risk assessment that you are performing. If you're doing a risk assessment for aquatic environment, for instance, it might not be relevant if you do an acute exposure of a dog. That's clearly irrelevant. If you only look at aquatic species, there's still a great number of combinations of exposure situation, species, organism, etc., that could be more or less relevant to your risk assessment. And what you really need is to ensure that you have an experimental system that is sufficiently sensitive to be able to assess the risks that you want to define. In most cases, isn't study relevance a function of the statute or regulation under which the assessment is being conducted? The regulation under which the assessment is being conducted might sort of decide or stipulate what kind of tests that you are required to do. So then those tests will have a regulatory relevance. But the one problem is that the standard test required by legislation does not include all species. It does not include all endpoints, for instance. So 
when science has identified new and sensitive endpoints that might be a problem to species in the environment, we need to do non-standard tests to be able to measure those kind of endpoints. One example is endocrine disruption, uh, where the, the standard tests are not designed to screen or identify those kinds of effects. Uh, so in those cases where we want to pinpoint endocrine disruption, we might need to make other types of tests and then they are sort of non-standard approaches. But still highly applicable nonetheless, right? It's just a matter of, is it a matter of changing the standard mindset to accept that kind of data? It's quite complicated, in fact, because... What we see that might be a problem is that scientists not always report their data in a way that they fit into the regulatory system. So if you do a regulatory risk assessment, that's sort of covered by the legislation. So there are numerous of rules that you have to follow. But scientists, they have their own culture and their own way of reporting stuff. So they might miss out on some of the reporting. Uh, and that makes it much more difficult for the regulatory agency to use that kind of data. And I think the assessment of relevance is really a clear example of that, because if a risk assessor at the agency don't really understand what you have done, because you have a non-standard sort of state-of-the-art scientific approach that is totally new to them, then it's really helpful if you sort of put your data into perspective. That's really what relevance is about. How does this piece of information fit into the risk assessment? What kind of uncertainties can be reduced by this new information? Is the new data in conflict with something that we knew, thought we knew before? Or, or is it actually confirming some kind of knowledge? So those kinds of assessment really helps the risk assessors to use the data in a regulatory context. It seems like deciding relevance is somewhat subjective. I mean, how can people really know which toxicity responses are not relevant for an ecosystem? No, that's true. The assessment of relevance always is associated with some kind of uncertainty. There might be clear cases when a study is clearly not relevant because you know that the sensitive endpoint is not even included, for instance, or it's a terrestrial species, but we want to look at aquatic environment for some reason. That might be sort of clear examples, but often there is like a gray zone, so we don't know the exact relevance. The aim is to base a risk assessment on a sensitive species and a sensitive endpoint, but the relevance assessment will always be dependent on expert judgment, that's for sure. What you can do is to improve the transparency in the relevance assessment so that you really spell out how you think about the relevance of a particular set of data, for instance. Uh, and make this really systematic. That's what the paper is about, to ask similar questions, to consider a systematic set of aspects when you do the relevance assessment. In that way, other people can sort of backtrack what you did. They can ask questions. They can scrutinize your relevance assessment. And you can also improve as you get to learn more about the particular issue that you are working on. Now, one of your companion papers uh, led by Caroline Mermond, they looked at assessing reliability, as you mentioned previously, in a quantitative fashion. Is that something that can be done for assessing relevance? It's something really compelling and often asked for to, to have something very quantitative. 
In practice, of course, that's very difficult when you talk about really, really complex issues. I don't think you can easily quantify relevance, but what you might have to consider is to sort of categorize, because that's basically what you still have to do if you do a risk assessment. You have to decide whether the study you're looking at or the data you want to include, whether it's sufficiently relevant or whether it's partly relevant or not relevant, for instance. In that way, you have a categorization which could be similar to quantification, but it's not like it's 4.7. I think to make very precise quantification might be really misleading since the topic is so complex. Even though it's a, it's more of a categorization, are you hopeful that some kind of standardization can be developed for assessing the relevance of toxicity studies? Absolutely. And I think the world is moving towards that. Regulatory risk assessment need to become more transparent. It needs to become more systematic. And I think that is definitely possible also for the, for the relevance assessment. Christina, thank you so much for talking to us about a, an extremely complicated topic, but it sounds like things are evolving in the right direction. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You've been listening to Christina Rudin discuss her article, Assessing the Relevance of Ecotoxological Studies for Regulatory Decision-Making. Access the article in the July 2017 issue of IEAM. Just go to ctacjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to the IEAM podcast.